1: Welcome, Irish fans, to another edition of the Opponents Insider Podcast. I am your host, Vince D'Addario, and I'm the football analyst here at Irish Breakdown. Notre Dame is coming off an impressive 45-3 win over the Pitt Panthers on Saturday. There's a ton to talk about when it comes to that game, and you can find all of that at irishbreakdown.com, as well as our podcast over on Soundwise. Today, we are going to talk about the next game on the Irish schedule, which happens to be the second road game in a row, uh, when the Irish take on the 2-4 and four Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets down in Atlanta. It's a 3.30 kickoff uh, down in the Peach State, and you can find the game on ABC. Brian Driscoll, the publisher at Irish Breakdown, will again be making the trip down to Atlanta. So make sure you log into irishbreakdown.com prior to, during, and after the game for all of the updates and analysis. But with me today to talk about the Yellow Jackets of Georgia Tech is Kelly Quinlan, who is the publisher at jacketsonline.com, which is part of the Rivals Network. Kelly, how are you doing today?
2: I'm good. How you doing?
1: I'm doing fantastic. Um, so Georgia Tech, they're two and four. Um, I, I want to get an idea of the state of the program with Tech. Uh, you know, Looking at the schedule, I'm sure prior to the season, if someone would have said to you that you'll have wins over Florida State and Louisville at this point in the season, you'd figure there might be a couple other wins to go along with that. Uh, but w- where's this team right now? What's the state of the program?
2: I think they're early on in kind of a retooling. They've changed the offense dramatically. And then the other thing is they've kind of changed what they're doing in terms of uh, the personnel defensively. They're going with longer, leaner guys. They went from a four, two, five to three, four back to a four, two, five again. And so there's a lot of kind of mismatched pieces. Um, They have some issues at linebacker. They just, really don't have a lot of veteran defensive linemen on the team. And then on the offensive side, you have a true freshman quarterback. Your best skill guy on offense is a true freshman running back. And then your right tackle is a true freshman. And that's, that's hard. I mean, because you're not talking about the elite of the elite, like top you know 50 kids other than the running back. So these are all guys kind of learning their way. And there have been a lot of issues. They've had a lot of special teams issues. Uh, kicking games have been terrible they've missed a lot of extra points and field goals so it's just sort of been a mess all season and they've been kind of trying to patch it together and and play and they play well in second half of games but really they've been a very slow starting te- uh, team even in those Florida State and uh, Louisville wins they had to come back in both those games so it's a young team a young coaching staff Um, you know Jeff Collins is in his fourth season as a head coach now, is a younger guy, and you know his defensive coordinator is a, a first-time defensive coordinator. This is his third season doing that. Um, there's a lot of assistants that are kind of newer guys too. So when you look at the whole defense, it's a kind of work in progress, and they just they just don't have maybe the the guys they need to run what they want to run. And so it looks a little disjointed at times, and, and you've kind of seen teams take advantage of that that are maybe a little bit further along physically or are just able to jump on them early like Boston College did.
1: Well, you, you kind of you brought it up, um, so i kind of go down that road. Uh, previous Regime was obviously a triple option team. That's no longer the case under Jeff Collins in his second season at Georgia Tech. I'm assuming the effects of that transition are still being felt Uh, On the offense, uh, you mentioned, you know, three true freshmen starting in key roles uh, for the Yellow Jackets right now. Um, Does it does it feel like things are moving in the right direction? At least it's just going to take a little bit of time.
2: Yeah, I think there's signs of life, right? Like so, um, you know, Jameer Gibbs, the running back, has been really impressive. He's a, a great kick return guy, great running back. Yeah, they lost Jordan Mason after the Florida State game. He was one of the top running backs in the country, Doak Walker, uh, watchless guy. He came back in the BC game, but was kind of limited still. I think he only played 20-something snaps. Yeah, those two guys are sort of the workhorses for the offense. You haven't had both of them at the same time at any point this season because Gibbs missed the the Florida State game, and then Mason got hurt in that game. So you've yet to really even see the, the lineup that they had envisioned there. Um, you know, Jeff Sims is a true freshman quarterback. That's always a mixed bag, right? Like, you can't tell where that is. And the fact that he beat out everyone else kind of speaks volumes to where their quarterback situation is. And then um, the, you know, slot receiver position that's a true sophomore. Amari Brown, he's played really well. True sophomore, still developing his body. Both the tight ends they play are true sophomores that played last year, some. It's just a young team. Um, the offensive line they've figured out a little bit. They've been able to patch it up because you've had, uh, you know, they landed Ryan Johnson, who was a grad transfer from Tennessee, and then they kind of mixed and matched with the personnel that they had, and then they signed Jordan Williams as a uh, who's starting at right tackle as a true freshman. So it's sort of been a bodge job defensively. They came into a weird situation because like their defense, they lost all five defensive linemen. Of the top, they lost five of the top six defensive linemen from the year before, and they were in a 3 4 the year before. So that gives you an idea of how down on depth they were. They had one guy who had played and started coming back. Um, and then, you know, that's kind of been the issue across the board. They've just had guys kind of struggle, some with scheme, some of it's been um, mental mistakes, some of it's just been guys maybe not being a fit for the scheme, and, and you know, the coach is not coaching getting the most out of those guys there's been a whole wide combination of stuff that's kind of led to the various issues they've had this year
1: so let, let's start on the offense um you said they're true freshman at quarterback jeff sims uh it seems to be just looking at the stats a little bit of a mixed bag uh, about 55 completion completion percentage uh interceptions more than the touchdowns obviously you're going to get that with a true freshman but Uh, Just talk about his progression and where he's kind of gone from the beginning of the season until now.
2: Jeff's kind of been a guy that um, he has a nice arm. He has a really decent feel for the pocket, which has kind of been impressive for a guy his age. Sometimes stands in the pocket a little too much and has tried to force balls. That's led to some some bad interceptions. He's turned the ball over a lot. A lot of them have been batted balls or him getting hit late because he – the ball too long and and balls bouncing off receivers hands a lot of kind of fluke plays I think there's been maybe three or four of the picks that were kind of legit on him and then the rest of them were sort of fluke plays so you know he it's a true freshman right he's gonna occasionally not read something right he's gonna try to force a ball like it's high school he's gonna make a mistake he's gonna try to dance running the football that's been a bit of an issue with him he can run the football but occasionally he doesn't read his blocks well. So there's the talents there, right? You can see the arm talent. You can see the touch on the ball. You can see him being comfortable in the pocket, scanning the field. Uh, He's willing to run when he needs to run to try to pick, move the sticks. But it's not all together. It's just sort of half there. So it, it leads to some bad situations where they miss a play or get a three and out or don't convert on third and two because of something or... You know, those various mistakes have really been costly for Georgia Tech at times. So I think that when you kind of look at the way the, the offense has progressed this season, it kind of rides on how well he plays game to game. And it's hot and cold drive to drive, really, with them. And that's the way it is a lot of times with true freshman.
1: Well, let's talk about the run game, because you, you mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, true freshman running back, obviously you got a true freshman quarterback who's your second leading rusher. At the moment, but uh, you're going to get Mason back from injury, which is uh, hopefully he'll be full go um, come game time against Notre Dame. But uh, again, go a little bit more detail about what this run game looks like. You know, it appears that Sims is a threat uh, in the backfield, and Notre Dame has had issues with uh, dual threat quarterbacks uh, so far this season.
2: Yeah, so ideally, I think going into the season, they thought the offense would be. Um, a lot of two back sets, a lot of, um, you know, 21 personnel, 12 personnel. They like using the tight ends and really they had games where they didn't have the two tight ends. Both were in, uh, were out for undisclosed reasons, AKA, uh, contact racing. And you've had, you know, Gibbs miss a game. And so they've never really had that, that opportunity when they have the two running backs, they have four that are actually really good. They have, Gibbs, who we've talked about, Jordan Mason, and then there's Dante Smith, who's played very well uh, in a a backup role and at times has been maybe their most effective runner, and then um, inside the tackles anyways. And then Jamias Griffin, who missed the uh, Boston College game and was limited in the uh, Clemson game with with some sort of injury. Those four guys are are comparable to most uh, running back stables in, in the ACC. And if not better. And so they have a lot of talent there. And then when you can have things like the the zone read game and the read, and the read options with those guys, and you add in a Marion Brown and the jet sweeps, and you the thing with Gibbs that's so dangerous is they can line him up anywhere on the field. He is probably the best pass-catching running back in, in the ACC right now as a true freshman. That's what this kid does. Like He is an unbelievable guy in space. He can make guys miss. He can outrun people. He had a kick return called back. He's had two kick returns for touchdowns called back this season. Um, just a really dynamic guy, and, and he can take it to the house on any kind of play. Uh, runs great routes. So that gives you that weapon. Then you have Jordan Mason, who's the hammer. He's a big physical guy. He was recruited to be a, a B-back, the fullback position in Paul Johnson's triple option but he runs like a running back. So he has that power behind his pads Is a guy that's very dangerous, hard to take down. That was the thing they were kind of missing um, when he was out was that ability to pick up those short yardage situations. So it'll be interesting to see how healthy Mason is, how they work him back into the rotation. He played some, he looked pretty good to me. Uh, You know, they go beyond that. They have six guys that can play running back that would play on a lot of teams like they're the guys who are not even playing bruce jordan swilling and jerry howard would start at like a virginia right now at running back Mm -hmm. um so that's that's the one spot on the team where they have depth so that's the one place where it gets interesting and then it opens up when those guys play well and they can get in space it opens up things for sims
1: well let's talk about who sims has as targets in the past game you you mentioned gibbs and uh, he's the second leading receiver receptions wise, and he leads the team in touchdown receptions. So he's clearly a threat no matter where he is on the field. Um, but there's a couple other guys that also have some touchdown grabs, uh, for Georgia tech up to this point.
2: Yeah. The, the big one, um, is Marion Brown, the slot receiver. He was their big vertical threat last year. He was the guy that made the big plays for them. He tied Calvin Johnson's, um, freshman touchdown record last year at seven. And he's just a, a really dynamic guy in space. Jalen Camp has played really well. He is a guy who, met, he got hurt uh, in, in spring ball last year, which was supposed to be his senior year. He's a specimen, a 6'3", 220-pound guy that can run pretty well and has great hands. He's kind of their possession receiver. You have Malachi Carter. You have Marquez Ezard, who are also 8-plus um, catches this season. Malachi, I think, has got like 15 already this year. And then, even as you go down, like in their bench, they have guys who can catch football Don Cassanders, PJ Harris. They just don't necessarily have, um, they don't have like the guy, right? They don't have a, a like, go to uh, receiver that's super dominant. Marion Brown's a tiny guy, he's a small slot receiver. He's, you know, 160, 170 mm. pounds, short guy. It's They just don't have um, that burner on the outside that's a, a straight-up wide receiver that's 6'3 and can, can fly. That's sort of the missing element right now in their offense in terms of the receivers.
1: Let's jump over to the defensive side of the ball. Um, yeah, obviously, people remember what Clemson did to them, but Clemson does that to a lot of teams, so I wouldn't... Uh... You know, dwell on that one too much, uh, but and that's going to skew the numbers as well. So let, let's talk about the defense as a whole, and then you can transition into what the uh, the front four look like.
2: Sure. So the defense is they run basically kind of variations um, on the four two five and and four three. They ran three three five stuff with three down linemen and three kind of quasi linebackers against UCF, and that was okay. Uh, you know the strength of the defense. The corners have actually played pretty well this season. The safeties were supposed to be the strength of the defense. That's actually been the the biggest weakness this year, along with linebacker. Those two groups have kind of struggled. The defensive lines played a lot better. They struggled with Boston College size up front. That's the one thing BC is like known for. You know, over the years they just have these giant offensive linemen. They got swallowed up. They're still small there. That's that's probably the most difficult transition piece. But those guys make plays. They get After the quarterback, um, Jurkovic did a nice job of kind of sliding around in the pocket and getting out of some big plays. They've they've been able to get pressure at times on guys. So they have a nice sort of plan. They've struggled to execute a little bit. There have been a lot of issues with guys getting their eyes in the wrong place and getting out of position or trying to play hero ball and bail out someone else's mistake. And that's kind of what has led to a lot of the explosives they've given up and kind of dug a hole for themselves.
1: So how is this front seven, and who, who should Notre Dame be looking out for maybe at the linebacker position? Because in a 4 know four two five, there's a lot of athletic guys at that level of the defense. Uh, who should Notre Dame be looking out for, Notre Dame fans?
2: So the two guys that play the most in that group are David Curry, who probably plays the most snaps on the team. He's kind of the quarterback of the defense at the Mike linebacker, and then the weak side linebacker, Quez Jackson. Those two guys play well when they're able to, to kind of see what's going on and there's not a lot of um, – they have more trouble with window dressing, like when there's a lot of motion or uh, things change quickly on them. They can get out of position sometimes. That's been a little bit of a struggle on that end. Those two guys play, I would say, like 90% of the snaps, um, at least to this point in the season. Charlie Thomas, who was really good for them last year at linebacker, they moved him back now. He's starting to play some weak side linebacker. He's a dynamic pass rush guy. Like, he he has a knack for forcing fumbles and for uh, getting sacks in the quarterback. I think you will see him in more natural passing down situations or when they need a spark. He has a little bit more trouble physically, just he's had trouble putting weight on. He's built like a safety, but he plays with the mentality of a real dog linebacker. Uh, you know, as you move up front, I think it's just kind of they're still in mix and match mode. They got one. they're. Their best defensive tackle, TK Chemezda, hurt his foot and has not played this year and is out for the season. Mm. Um, they're, the guy that had been playing the best at defensive end, Sylvain Yonderjon, who they brought in from Belgium, he got hurt in the Syracuse game and has not played again. Um, they've just kind of been beset with injuries. They had two guys that were seniors leave. to to go one to go focus on his non-football career because he'd had a lot of injuries and then another guy transferred out they've kind of just been hammered with all this stuff so they're still real young they play uh often they will start they start a walk-on defensive tackle at one spot jonathan brooks who's on scholarship now number zero and then the other d tackle has been a different guy every week it's been Jaquan Griffin one week, who plays well, has got some pass rush to him, but is not a huge guy. Or it'll be Mike Lockhart, who's a young guy, who's only been playing football for a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Or Jaquan Dallas, or um, the last game, they've they they they've slid Antoine Owens back inside, who's a starting defensive end for them last year. They've just kind of tried to mix and match. They have had some issues with free techniques on their defensive line.
1: Well, they're getting a little pressure on the quarterback. They've got 11 sacks on the season, which, you know, that's well, almost two per game, uh, which isn't bad, but 35 tackles for loss. Uh, where does the pressure come from? Does it, does it come from the linebacking core, or does it come from the front?
2: The, the ends have been the primary um, guys. Curtis Ryan's in the first game against Florida State. He has a couple sacks and was, like, the defensive player of the week in the country or something like that. Then he misses, like, the next three games. Uh, Antonius Clayton was a five star recruit that signed with Florida, transferred here when Jeff Collins got the job and had some injuries at Florida. He's still kind of working his way back. He missed the start of the season, he had a couple sacks already and some pressures. And then Jordan Dominic's been their rush end. They didn't play him much as much last week. He's kind of that hybrid outside linebacker, defensive end type that can stand up. He's been really good at getting after the quarterback for whatever reason. He I think it was maybe a size issue thing. He didn't play as much last week against BC, but those guys kind of provide the pressure and they like to blitz the linebackers a lot. Those two linebackers will be, they'll bring six, seven at a time. Sometimes if they feel like they can get a hit on the quarterback. So that's something if you're Notre Dame that I'm sure they're kind of watching for, because they also do a decent job at times, disguising the blitz and you have to be able to catch them in that and try to run the football and get your, get, get the, defensive line out of position because when you're able to do that those that's when they've been attacked with chunk plays and some qb running
1: well that that leads me kind of to where uh with the secondary i mean you're going to bring that many guys on a blitz that that's going to put some guys out on an island in the secondary how do they hold up in man-to-man coverage
2: the corners have played pretty well zamari walton's played very well he's been the one consistent starter week to week trace willing was a guy that started a lot of games the last couple of years for them. He had a rough game against Boston college, but has played pretty well this season. They have um you know a couple other corners they'll mix in Miles Sims, who transferred from uh, Michigan back home. Um, Keenan Johnson, who's a sophomore. They have some guys they mix in that play Bias Oliver, who was their starting quarterback in game one last year. played wide receiver last year too, is now one of the corners. They actually had sort of his breakout game last week mm-hmm. against Boston College. They have those guys, the safety position. And the nickel spots are kind of the keys to the defense. When those guys play well, the defense plays well. Uh, they played extremely well last year. They have not played well this year. There's not really a great rhyme or reason. Nickel, Wesley Walker's played well. Caleb Oliver's played well, the other nickel. But Wanya Thomas and, and Tariq Carpenter, the two main safeties, have struggled, and they've rolled a lot of different guys in there, including a guy Notre Dame people know, Derek Allen. He's played some. Um, Jalen King's played they have a lot of different guys that kind of roll into that group and it, it the production there that's been sort of the key soft spot of the defense this year and it's been the biggest disappointment probably for fans watching the team is just that's supposed to be the strength they have one of the best safety groups in, in the country on paper and two guys who were legit like being scouted by NFL teams uh one who's an underclassman and one you e. Thomas and They just haven't lived up to the hype yet, so it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of turn it on at some point. Carpenter had a lot of injuries and missed camp, and he had to shed about 15 pounds of bad weight, and Mm -hmm. he looks like he's finally starting to turn the corner. He was kind of their big play guy last year there, and then Wanye has kind of just been up and down. So when those guys play well, the defense plays well, and that's going to be a key in this game. They didn't play well at Boston College and they struggled against Clemson, can they turn that around this game? Because if they do, then the defense plays a lot better. Well,
1: let's talk about special teams. You mentioned it at the top of the podcast, but it's been a mixed bag. The kicking game has not been great, but the return game has been very good in a name that we have mentioned many times already uh, in this podcast in uh, uh, Jameer Gibbs. Uh, he's, got, he's averaging over 25 yards a return, which is pretty darn good uh, from a kick return standpoint. But uh, I guess start with the kicking game, and then we'll talk about the return game.
2: So kickoff coverage and, and the kicking, that piece of the kicking game has been very good for them. They've struggled, um, with, they've struggled with field goal and PAT this year. Uh, they're, what are they now? They're 14 and 17 on PATs and one for five on field goals mm. with several blocked. They've just really struggled the kicking game. They've tried multiple guys there. Um, that That's just, it's been ugly all year and it was ugly last year and they're still struggling. Um, you know, you, the punter is the best, one of the best punters in the country. He's up at the Ray guy award, Presley Harvin, the third, he's a really dynamic uh, punter.
1: He's, yeah. He's averaging almost 50 yards a punt. Yeah.
2: I mean, he's, he's a monster. It, it it's funny because even as a freshman right he's a senior now when you when you saw him punt at a camp, it just sounded different than anything I'd heard in my twelve fifteen years doing this before like you're just like, oh my god, like listen to the sound the ball makes when it goes off his foot it's it's like something else, so yeah, he's at like you know nearly fifty yards a game he's put a lot inside the 20 he's a weapon, and when the defense plays well, they can really take advantage of him because he can he can put you in a advantageous Mm -hmm. field position situation
1: yeah no doubt about that and uh like we mentioned Gibbs again is is killing it on in the return game so that's something that Notre Dame is gonna have to be careful of because it sounds like he can break it at any moment
2: yeah I mean they have they have Gibbs they have um Dante Smith those two guys are primarily the kick return guys and they're very dangerous in space they can make plays they can uh make people miss Gibbs is you know, the first, I think, play of the the first play of the home first home game, he, like, almost went to the house on his first, like, career touch. <laughs> like, it was the opening kickoff of the game, and he went 70-something yards the other way down the field, just took off. He has that afterburner piece, and so he's, you gotta be careful if he's back there. They don't always use him. They they try to limit his load sometimes uh, between playing running back and, and that, but when he's back there, you definitely want to kick it out of the end zone. So,
1: so with Notre Dame coming in and, uh, Georgia tech, uh, sitting at two and four, what, what are some keys to a potential Georgia tech victory and protecting that home field?
2: I think that, um, basically you have to, you know, be effective on offense. Don't turn the ball over and then defensively you got to get off the field. They didn't, you know, Boston College didn't punt until there was three minutes left or something like that, two and a half minutes left in the third quarter. Uh, you can't go through a game like that. You have yeah. to get off the field on defense. So if they can get some punts early, get a little momentum, and then maybe get some kind of points on the board, I think that makes a huge difference. They've they've just been in a hole in the first half of every game this season, and it's hard to play from behind, as the record shown. And they play totally different in the second half, so it'll be interesting to see what happens.
1: Excellent. Uh, I appreciate the time, Kelly. Uh, thanks for joining me on the Opponents Insider podcast. Why don't you let everybody know where they can find your work? And, uh, you know, if you're on Twitter and they give you a follow.
2: Yeah, it's uh, jacketsonline.com, part of the Rivals Network. And then I'm Kelly underscore Quinlan, Q U I N L A N. And I cover Georgia Tech uh, quite extensively. We have a nice staff of guys covering everything from. Football, basketball, baseball, uh, recruiting, anything you can want to know about the Jackets, as people say it's the premier destination for, for, for Tech fans.
1: Awesome. Thanks again, Kelly. And again, that's Kelly Quinlan. He's the publisher at thejacketsonline.com, which is part of the Rivals Network, as he mentioned. Next up on Notre Dame's schedule is one that Irish fans and the country have had circled for quite some time, and that's a night game matchup with the Tigers of Clemson. And we will talk about that game next Wednesday. So until then, Thanks for joining me on the Opponents Insider Podcast.